eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into a Friday afternoon edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by uh, the associate editor of EP Rinkside, Sean Shapiro, who covers the entire NHL as well as your Dallas Stars. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little bit uh, yep, running on the coffee right now because it's uh, had a bit of a drive earlier today. I went out to uh, Western Michigan to go yeah. uh, catch the catch up with the Texas Stars are actually playing the uh, Grand Rapids Griffins tonight. So went over to do some uh, it's prospecting. I'll use the word prospecting to go catch up with some of the players from the farm team. So a uh, little bit of driving today, running on coffee, but uh, we're good and uh, excited to t- excited to chat. No, that's a, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I mean, we we look at like uh, teams and we always look at like heritage pro teams, but we kind of don't think of the Hershey Bears and the Grand Rapid Griffins as those legacy teams, but quite a history in Grand Rapids. Oh, yeah. It's uh, you mentioned Hershey as well, too, there. And it's like there's a obviously it's to tell the hockey history of North America, it's hard. You can't really include it. You can't really tell it without including places like that. I mean, as much as the, um, even in Chicago, as much as the Blackhawks obviously are the original six team and the, and are one of the most recent modern day NHL dynasties, you can't even talk about to truly tell the Chicago hockey story. You need to look at the Chicago Wolves who won two championships in the IHL, two championships in the AHL. Like there's some good historical strongholds in the AHL where teams have done things the right way. They've built prospects and everything like that. And honestly, since Texas has gone into the league, um, they are actually, they, they are right up there. I mean, if it's, it's kind of one of those things with the Texas stars, I always, you always see like these, uh, who's next to GM lists. And I always wonder why Texas, why Dallas assistant GM Scott white and Texas stars assistant. And he's also the Texas stars GM. Um, why he never his name never comes up on those lists. I mean, he's a guy who he's he's built teams in Texas that went to the Calder Cup in 2010, won the Calder Cup in 2014, and went to the Calder Cup final in 2018. 
has a really good team this year. And if you look at the every four years location, Texas stars in theory could be going to the Calder cup finals again this year, if we're going to go off the, the, the current, the current trends. And um, what they've done in Texas is pretty impressive how they've continuously built a winner down there. And I just always wonder why, when you see like these names and they're talking about like why Scott White's name never comes up just because there's the only mark against him from a future GM standpoint is he doesn't run the draft. And I would actually argue some of the best GMs are the guys that don't run the draft. So I don't know why Scott White's name doesn't come up. So uh, just that's, that's a good tangent. That's a great, no, (laughs) it's a great nugget for stars fans to remember that name. Did you get to see my guy, Curtis McKenzie? I did. I, I, Curtis is a great dude. He's yes. Uh, it's 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 he's now. It's funny. I was talking to Curtis a bit about how uh, early in my career I was covering the Texas Stars down in Austin, and Curtis was kind of the guy fresh out of Miami, and I was in my twenty. I was in my early twenties. Curtis was in his early twenties playing for the Texas Stars, and we were talking about the old CCHA days since I was a Bowling Green grad, and he went to Miami, and we we talk about that, and now. Curtis is 31. Uh, he has two kids. I have two kids and we're talking, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about, the, we're talking about the kids they're doing. And all of a sudden feeling, feeling really old when, uh, when Maverick Bork walks by and he's cities to these 20 years old. It was, it's, it's funny. Curtis and I were, uh, we're laughing at that. We're kind of, uh, he's kind of a fun guy for me to talk to always talk to because just in my career and he's always been one of those great guys and he's, uh, I know he's not an NHL deal anymore, but he is someone who still has his fingerprints all over the stars organization more than people even realize just being the, one of the, one of the most important roles outside of the NHL an organization can have is kind of that leadership group in the AHL who teaches guys how to live, how to be a pro every day, how to kind of uh, take care of yourself. And, and McKenzie does, that's the role Curtis plays for the Texas stars and it's it's huge. I mean, you, you I've talked to some of the guys down there about what they've learned from him. Anton Hudobin is down there too, obviously, and, and Anton is providing a bit of that role as well, even though that wasn't the design for Anton's career path right now. But um, it's so much of the AHL, and I think people just forget about this too. It's it's not just whether a Swedish guy can adapt to a smaller ice or if a junior guy can find his shot. It's it's also it's the first time a lot of these guys are living by their own. They're learning to cook. They're no longer living with a billet. Like there's such a big, like life change. Like just imagine, um, just imagine kind of think about when you're 18, you're 19, 20 years old and you're going off to college. And if you're like me, you're probably a little bit stupid. Like I was, (laughs) and, and you're, and you're trying and, and you're trying to end, but you get to live and make your own mistakes in kind of your own secluded bubble where these guys are, it's you got a lot of guys in that group where they're being judged on their performance daily in a very public space at that age where they're also learning how to live life. And it's, it's, it's just a, it's one of the hardest jumps and you need guys like Curtis McKenzie to be there to just kind of help set the example and be that guy that says, Hey, okay, this is how we find a healthy meal after the game. Or this is, this is what we do that when we have a three and three, like all that stuff's so valuable. And, it's so important to have players that can help teach that beyond just coaches, because you know, it's good to have a peer that can be a teacher. He to me is a shining example of what we talk about where the AHL and the NHL are so close because Curtis McKenzie year in and year out, like 19 games this year, 13 points. And he's a leader on and off the ice. Um, He'll drop the mitts if he has to. I mean, he's just one of those guys that 
you know, was up and just the consistency probably just wasn't there at the NHL level. Um, but I'm sure if you called him up for a game or two, he'd give it his all. But, you know, I mean, it's yeah. just so close with the AHL and the NHL. And I think that's why I continue to that word consistency. Um, but, it, you know, it's it's a great story. And I'm so glad he's back with the Texas Stars. And, you know, I mean, for that Austin community, you know, when you're in the minor leagues, I always tell people it's good to have those glue guys, like you said, a- as a role model, but also for the community because, you know, if you're shipping guys in every single year, you know, you can't build that relationship. And with a Curtis McKenzie, you can actually build that community relationship. Yeah, and it's, 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 and it's, I think Texas has done a really good job of that too with, um, you talk about McKenzie, but they've also done a good job of transferring that into coaches. Um, you have obviously Travis Morin and Maxine Fortunas are two assistant coaches there. Those yeah. were two longtime players of Texas. And um, just because a player played doesn't mean he's a good coach, but, and, and so you shouldn't just give carte blanche, hey, hire former players. That's not what I'm saying. But if you can hire the right people who understand that league and understand their role and everything like that, and you can kind of help push and grow a hockey community, I think that does a ton. I mean, that's that's something where I always think of um, there's a name. It's uh, there, There's a kid named when I was in Texas there and, and he's now playing, he actually played in the, the kid is actually pretty good because he played in the brick invitational that brick, the brick peewee tournament, which you always hear about all these NHL players coming from, but there's a kid named Cade O'Rourke who I I've known Cade. Uh, Cade would be one of the kids like holding a sign along the glass when he was like four years old in Austin. And now he's 12, 13 year old peewee, I think, or maybe, maybe my, I might have my ages off, but basically a kid who from Austin, fell in love with the sport because of the Texas stars and is having some pretty good success at, at his age. And if someone like that ever goes and reaches the NHL or anything like that, like you look, you can see just how the sport grows from things like that. It's just such a, having a tangible um, example of a, of a team there that is solid and cares about growing the sport. Like that's, that's so valuable and you want to see more of that. And it's, it's kind of one of the things where you look at other quote unquote sunbelt, untraditional hockey places. It's why um, you want, even if you want to laugh at the arena situation, it's why you want the coyotes to stay around. You want that. You don't want to miss out on the next Austin Matthews and things like that. It's, 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 and it's, it's, it's an NHL and a minor league thing. And the stars, I think have done a really good job of that. Just the, the next step is, uh, the next step for hockey in Texas, I think, is getting us a team back in Houston. It doesn't have to be an NHL team. It can be an AHL team. Yep. Just getting another team back in there just because uh, it's that's such a big market. That's such a big space. And you you need to have the game there where people can go see it in person because, as you know, Gavin, there's nothing like seeing a hockey game in person. Oh, there's yeah. No, like absolutely. And you got to name it the Arrows. And there's rich yes. history. Gordy, Gordy Howe played for the Arrows. And, uh, you know, they were in the IHL as well. And uh, just just a quick nugget, the Arrows didn't leave because of lack of attendance. Um, nope. The old Rockets owner wanted to basically double the rent, the per-game rent, and said, if you don't like it, that's okay because I'm just going to bring in more concerts. And, yeah, and the- you know, kind of, kind of a shame because uh, the Arrows actually drew well. They were probably fifth, sixth every year in uh, attendance in the AHL. And if they did propel themselves into the playoffs, that crowd increased to the point where when I was living in Houston and I was covering the arrows, 
Um, they made it to the Calder Cup finals, and there were about 11,000, 12,000 people in that barn. And that's great. That's great. And it's, and I even know that, like, I know firsthand, I know this because I wasn't told this directly. Like the Minnesota wild never wanted to move their no. affiliate to I, Iowa. They never wanted to. It's just, it became a level of, they got priced out and that's in basically Des Moines was willing to make it, was able to give them the proper market rate and basically Houston priced the arrows out, which is a really sad thing. And I know, I know uh, Fertitta is very, is, is very bulk has been, there's been rumblings about him getting an NHL team and things like that. I think to one thing that I would kind of put out there and just hope, like I would hope the AHL, because obviously there's always movement in the AHL and you, and you never want to take a team away from somewhere else, but it just, it's an inevitable fact of life in the AHL teams move. And I would hope that Fertitta and the Rockets ownership group are, have already had the conversation with the AHL about like, okay, when, when when can we get a team here when when that happens let's be first in line because that to me would show a true dedication to the whole we want to get an NHL team because right now there's it's just been rumblings and words and i think actually doing a little bit more on the other front maybe is the action that shows us the otherwise so i don't know i don't hope maybe maybe, maybe tillman if you're listening to the podcast uh, <laughs> give uh give uh give, give scott house a call at the ahl offices tell him i gave you the idea let's uh let's, let's yeah let's get this no, done. <laughs> absolutely for that matter i mean san antonio we kind of miss them as well you know we had a good little texas thing going where we had austin yeah. san antonio and houston with some uh great hockey so it's you, uh you know it's, it's, i do I, I do have a funny nugget that texas stars fans will enjoy yeah. the uh because of how sudden it was that the rampage left San Antonio actually recently bought new boards and glass in San Antonio uh-huh. that were only like a year old. Those are actually the boards that are in the HEB center in Cedar park right now. Really? The stars, the stars actually went and bought instead of, instead of buying brand new boards, they bought like the slightly used ones when it was time to upgrade the new ones for a, quite a discounted price from, from the Spurs since they no longer were be hosting hockey games there. <laughs> Oh, that's a great story. Yes, now the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, yes. formerly of the San Antonio Rampage. And it makes sense. Um, teams, you know, similar to baseball, want to be closer to their home team. It, it's easier for travel. It's easier, clearly, if there's a, a, an injury, you can get your guy up there quick. So, yeah. uh, But I hate that markets like San Antonio and Houston don't have uh, AHL or ECHL uh, franchise. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Okay, I guess we have to move on to what happened last yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, these, this is the kind of conversation we're going to have. So, um, and this is the kind of uh, weekly guest that we have on in, in, in Sean. And I'm so glad that he's co-hosting this program because, you know, as you could tell, he was covering the Texas Stars in Grand Rapids today. Uh, so... Last night, an impressive performance. And I know people might say Anaheim is not good. Anaheim, to me, has been competitive in a lot of games. Um, they have some terrific young talent. Uh, last night was all about the Dallas Stars. Um, I think kind of overshadowed something that you and I were talking about and you mentioned. You'd like to see Jake Ottinger have a good game. He had a real good game last night. So kind of yep. overshadowed by um, uh, a guy that was drafted. Um <laughs> called uh, um, Jason Robertson and how impressive that he's been. Uh, But all around, um, start to finish, uh, I thought that was probably top three as far as their complete games this year. Yeah, I mean, I know I'd have to... I definitely have no issue putting it in that category right away. I'd obviously have to go through the schedule to, 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 to say it with super confidence, but I have no issue with, with that assertion at all of being a top, top three game of the top three, top five game of the year, for sure. For them, um, truly the type of game where you, you beat, obviously, you know, you, the ducks are, they're not a good team and that's okay, but that's what, and I've said this on this podcast before, good teams win big at times against bad teams and they show who they are how many times and i've made this example to you before gavin we've talked before about in the past under some prior coaches and things like that the stars would play a bad team and they would play down to that level they would be drawn into a 2-1 game when they should have when they had the quality to win three or four nothing or three or four to one and i love that they just went out and won five nothing it was left no questions asked they went out and did that and i i think it's we need. I, I think we also need to say right now, and it's just important to to shout it from the rooftops. It's December second. Jason Robertson leads the NHL with twenty two goals. He's second in the league with thirty nine points, and he didn't play a single preseason game. So, if there's ever an argument for <laughs> NHL for NHL preseason being way too long, let's just give Jason Robertson's stat line to the world. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, and that's quickly forgotten. And man, I mean, what a bargain that contract is right now. Um, you know, I mean, still a long way to go, but um, you know, just his confidence and the little things. The fact you know, you always say like act like you've been there before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a little bit of a celebration. But truly, I feel like he's trying to hold things down as far as not wanting to talk about himself, um, you know, like on the postgame show. Not yeah. he, he just I think it's like, yeah, good team win. And I think that's what he's all about. And that's what I'm almost as equally impressed by is the development of him as a person in the room as much as I am on the ice. I mean, the on ice stuff, the confidence is flying high. That first goal, I mean, that's not, you know, fluky. You got to put things in front of the net. He's trying to make things happen. And, uh, you know, yeah, it got bounced in. But look who put it in front of the net. And just yeah. the, the the calmness. Um, so, I mean, just, you know, setting up people, uh, the way he moves. Um, as we talk about, it's not incredible speed. He's fine on the ice, but he eludes defenders. 
and he just holds on to the puck, which is so impressive. I, I will say what I love is it's almost contagious because on Wyatt Johnston's goal, um, I don't know of many 18-year-olds that are going to hold that puck, come across the crease, and then shoot it. Um, you know, just incredible patience from two young up-and-coming studs for the Stars. Yeah, I know I, I know with, with Jason, and I want to kind of pivot something on this with Jason. I know sometimes someone may bring up Ty Delandry when they talk about this, but when you're looking at his quality of play and the way he handles himself and the marketability and everything like that, can you could you really see anyone else being the captain of the Texas Stars in 2025 other than Jason Robertson right now? No. Obviously, like like I mean, assuming obviously we're assuming Jamie Ben is not back. If Jamie Ben resigns for a year or something like that, obviously that's I'm not saying he takes it from Jamie, but when Jamie Ben leaves, can you really see anyone else being the next captain of the Dallas Stars? I I can't. I know I know some I've heard the argument oh Ty Delandry has got leadership and all of that, but today's NHL the captain is also one of your best players, the guy who is also marketable and scores goals. And the way Jason has added some of that leadership and the the way he has built his communication and the way he understands things like I think I think we're I think it's we we I think it's almost fair to start calling him the captain and waiting at some point. I just I don't see anyone else how anyone else taking that role. And plus you add in the fact that he's got the four-year deal. He'll be an RFA after that. It'll be a long-term deal. You're talking about a guy who is committed to being in Dallas for a long time. I, I just, I think he is the next captain of the stars. And I've just, I just wanted to go and I guess I want to just get that out there right now and feel good about myself when that happens again, when that actually happens in four years. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's a good call. And uh, like I said, I love the leadership I love the patience on the ice, um, and it's great to see all the youngsters performing at such a high level. Um, I do want to talk about, you know, what happened last night as far as, so Benoit from Anaheim, hard check on Wyatt Johnston. Um, But it was a legal check, and we do have to remember Wyatt Johnston is not a big person. So, you know, went down. Marchment, along with others, came in, which you always like to see. And Marchment drew the extra penalty for instigating, along with fighting and a game misconduct. And a lot of stars were upset. And a lot of people thought, you know, as I saw one person tweet, you know, to the NHL, you know, stop yeah. stop running at our younger players. And I, I tried to explain, like, I, I, I don't think that they're being run. I think it was just a solid hit, just like Ty Delandria had a solid hit on one of the Anaheim stars later. So, you know, it is what it is. They're youngsters, and the best way to slow them down is through physicality. So I'm glad the stars jumped in, but at the same time, you know, you have to understand the NHL is, you know, that that's the edict to the referees is, like, make sure that instigator's called. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't really like the instigator on that one. Actually, like I, I, I thought there's been times where I've been okay with the instigator. I didn't like that one because, um, to me, I think just the fight itself is enough on that. Like, I think, I think if you wanted to give Marchment an additional two, I think I'd be okay with that. And I understand that they were doing it by the rules, and and, that, and that's fine. I just, I personally thought the full game misconduct was harsh for Marchment. And personally, I would have liked to see him just get an extra two for that instead of 
the full game. I understand why the refs did it, but that's just my personal feeling on it. I don't, I, I, I think I there agree. is, there's, there's a space where the instigator should be used. There's a space where it shouldn't. And there's also a space for understanding kind of the understanding game management too. So that's just kind of my thought on that. I, I was okay. I, I mean, yeah. you know, if they call an instigator, you know, so be it. Uh, didn't understand the game misconduct, but uh, um, I guess that comes along with the uh, territory. Um, I will yeah. say, you know, I felt like Benoit got a little extra pushing, you know, when Johnston was down there, but I think the Stars players were coming to Johnston's defense anyway, and he responded the best way he can by scoring, a, you know, a, a really nice goal later on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, sure. you know, that's that's the best way to uh, the best way to do it. it you know, it's it's really good to see that the stars players, the, a lot of the veterans are responding to, you know, what's happening with the youngsters, but stars fans have to understand this is a way that you're going to have to, someone will try to go after Jason Robertson at some point to try to slow him down. One of the ways to slow people down is to be physical. I'm not talking dirty hits. I'm just talking, you know, slow them down the same way. If you're, you know, you're, if you pin, Dallas in the defensive end, you're probably going to try, if you can, to lay a hit on Miro Heishkinen. That's that's a good way to get him off the puck and slow him down. Um, so physicality is a part of the sport. So uh, on to Minnesota on Sunday, yep. an afternoon tilt. So you can kind of do a doubleheader. You can watch the Wild and then listen to uh, the fan where we have uh, Cowboys coverage. I'm I'm really interested in this one, Sean, because – you know, similar to St. Louis, how do you fare against your division opponents? A big comeback against the Blackhawks, um, you know, recently. And then you went into uh, St. Louis, and wow, um, that was an impressive win. So, uh, I, you know, Minnesota and what they've got going on, this is a team, I think, that will be right there with the Stars fighting for playoff positioning. Yeah, I, I watched them in Minnesota on Thursday night. They played the uh, they played Edmonton on uh, they played Edmonton on Thursday night last night Thursday, and I, so I was flipping back and forth a little bit watching that game as well. And it was interesting to see Minnesota had kind of one of those games against Edmonton where it's kind of like a you throw it out game for Edmonton. It was a really weird game because Edmonton Ed, Minnesota hadn't played since Sunday, and they were the home team, and so they had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Well, Edmonton played Chicago Wednesday night and then Minnesota Thursday night. Like it was a, it was a, it was frankly a schedule win for Minnesota. It was a very bizarre schedule for the Oilers. I call it a schedule loss for the Oilers, who basically really didn't have much of a chance, be with the nature of it. I mean, they only Edmonton only had twenty-one shots last night. That's the lowest shot total they've had all season. Um, they're averaging like twenty-nine point eight or something like that. I saw I saw the number earlier today, um, and uh, so Minnesota is a team that comes into Sunday and I'm assuming they're not playing. I should double check. I should schedule right now. Yeah, they don't actually, you know, Minnesota actually plays tomorrow against the ducks. So you do get a chance where you get to do, try to do the opposite to Minnesota on Sunday to what Minnesota did to the wild. Minnesota will play in the second game of a back-to-back. It's an afternoon game. Like it's a, it's a game where if you're Dallas, you want to come out early in that one. You want to kind of put your foot down right away because a it's a, uh, a team on the second game of back to back, but B, I always those afternoon games are always funny because players' energy is always off because that's right around the time they're used to taking their pregame nap. Like players are such yeah. are such creatures players are such creatures of habit, and everyone almost all players take around that pregame nap around two three o'clock ish roughly. They usually some guys take a longer nap than others, things like that. But so 
the the two o'clock uh the two o'clock puck drop is going to be right in kind of prime nap time and so you got one team coming off uh they're well the other team's coming off a back-to-back you're a bit rested that's one where you want to make a statement in the first period i don't think uh i i think that'll be kind of a bit of the message going in from pete DeBoer on that one yeah absolutely it's a it's 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 a fun week for stars fans you get the uh uh, you get the Wild, and then coming up, you have the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are playing really well. Uh, that's on Tuesday, and then uh, Thursday, your uh, the homestand continues against the Sens, who aren't playing well. I recently saw them in Vegas, and they looked completely different than uh, what the start of the year looked like for the uh, Ottawa. And, and then you get uh, the Red Wings at home for a Saturday afternoon tilt. I'm excited to see the youth yeah. of the Red Wings, uh, who are an up and coming team. So just a just a fun week of. Uh, uh, of stars hockey. I did want to ask you, uh, Minnesota made a trade for mm-hmm. Ryan Reeves from the New York Rangers, uh, real good room guy, physical presence, fourth line presence, um, has come up big in playoffs before, but I wanted to ask you from a stars perspective, do you think that they need to be more physical on their lower line? Do the, do the stars need to be more? Yeah, physical? I was just wondering, yeah, like yeah. from a you know, I mean, how would a Ryan Reeves fit? I mean, and clearly the stars are playing at a very high level right now, but I think that you know, towards the playoffs, maybe someone on the back end that's a little bit more physical, and maybe someone that's a fourth liner um, that has more of a physical uh, presence. Um, and you know, uh, I saw that Ryan Reeves, yeah. and I was like, okay. Now, I say that to say Luke Glendening has played fantastic once again for the Stars. I love having him on the squad. Love having him in the face-off circle. Um, You know, so I just wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, I I don't know about Ryan Reeves. I don't think, like, I look at the Stars roster and the one place you see where maybe where you would like, uh, where I would like, a replacement or an upgrade and hopefully he does it himself um is Dennis Gurionov just frankly because of how you're looking we've been looking for that we've talked about Denny a lot we're looking for that consistency we're looking for him to take that next step um but I don't I wouldn't replace him with a Ryan Reeves type like to me the type of player that if you're adding a guy like that from my perspective kind of the more physical guy like I look at I would love a world where Riley Tufty could turn into that guy where you have that guy internally, where you have that guy who can be physical, has a little bit of skill and came through and doesn't cost you an asset. And that's always one of those where to me, that's always kind of, I don't hold anything against Ryan Reeves as a player or what he's done, but it's, it's just always amazing to me to how many things he's been traded for. Like at one point he was traded for a first round pick. And I think, I think that's poor asset management when you're using assets to try to bring that in. I think the stars have guys like that. They just need to, they need them to develop. I think Riley Tufty can grow into that. I think you had, I think Luke Lindenning can obviously not super tough or big and stuff like that, but Luke Lindenning plays a different role than that. Den anyway, he's a, he's a good centerman who wins draws. Um, I guess this is just kind of my, my hope and my hope that Riley Tufty can become that person. And I don't think it's going to happen this year, but maybe in the long run, that's that's kind of my hope with that. Um, and if I'm Dallas on the back end, the I, I get where you're saying on the size and a little bit bigger in physicality. The question becomes for me is I just don't see, um, 
I don't see where I where I don't see a place where I'm willing to make a sacrifice to move out for it. That's kind of where my my issue comes. Uh, conceptually, it's a great idea, but I just run into the problem of I don't want to sacrifice that spot that could go to. I don't want to sacrifice that spot and build another roadblock in the way of the Thomas Harleys of the world. And yeah. that's kind of where my, my mindset goes on that. Okay. I, I get, yeah. I get it. No, that, yeah. uh, that, that totally makes sense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was not uh, prepared for this, but I did send out a uh, mailbag. Uh, and let me uh, let me pull it out. You're listening to Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and I am joined by Sean Shapiro of EP Rinkside and also of Shap Shots. And let's see. Um, so Fuzzy, uh, who's a big fan of the podcast, Fuzzy Wuzzy Boom Boom, he uh, asks, uh, hey, Sean, Gavin, can you put in a good word and help me get my favorite hat back? Which does bring <laughs> up the question, Sean, because Sean Shapiro knows all what <laughs> happens to the hat. I'm trying to remember now. Um, I, I, I think, I'm, can't people I, pick I, them up? So some teams do, uh, I believe, I believe with the Stars... I think at one point it was. I, th- I think at one point the stars had a policy actually, and this was a long time ago, where the player got to decide. Like if the player wanted them, like uh, they could, the player could keep them. But that doesn't actually typically happen. But from from my understanding, and we'll have to double check this. We should. Uh, we should. Shoot, I'll shoot a couple texts out and I'll get us a, a full answer for Monday uh, when we come back on. But I believe the stars donate them. I believe they clean them up. They wash them. Anything that's particularly uh, heinous gets tossed. And uh, then I believe they donate them to, to a local hospital or something along the, those lines. I, we'll have to double check. I know that's kind of, some teams do that. Um, the key is obviously the cleaning part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I, I know some teams do that. Some other teams collect them. Um, I try and remember which one. And I'm, I'm, I'm a bit frustrated because I can't remember which team, but there's one team that has a pretty cool display in their arena where they've got all the hats that get collected. They put them in there and it just kind of goes into like a cool, like part of living history of it, which is kind of cool. Oh, nice. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of that where some, and, uh, uh, but by far my favorite, Dallas Stars hat trick hat moment though is the one of the most unlikely hat tricks in Stars history, the Adam Cracknell hat trick, where it was against the Sharks. <laughs> Someone threw a shark hat onto the ice. He picked it up, and during the post game interview, he uh, put on the shark hat. So that is my favorite uh, Dallas Stars hat trick hat. <laughs> Great name from the past, Adam Cracknell. Yes. yes. Oh, absolutely, Jordan Harper. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the program, Jordan. We appreciate it. He says TSN reported that the Stars are looking uh, for a uh, forward to play with 91 and 27. Is there anyone in the AHL who could uh, get a look before the trade deadline? Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I think 
just kind of it's from the AHL perspective, and this is just fresh in my mind. I'm interested in it. He's got a goal already. He's got some skill. Um, I think I wouldn't take anyone else out right now. I'm still waiting. Uh, I'm still giving Gurianov some rope, but um, I would like to see. I would like to see Blumel um, or Blumel. We're gonna have to double mm-hmm. check on the, uh, yeah. the actual pronunciation of that. But Maddie, as I as I talked to him today, um, <laughs> Matt, he uh, I'd like to see him get like a a four or five game like consistent run in just in the NHL just to see because he's been very he's been that guy in Texas he's been really good um he's got a he's also a really fascinating dude as well too actually like someone who I was talking to today just super sharp uh actually has a actually recently got a degree in economics pretty pretty smart kid nice and uh and I'd, I'd like to see him get kind of uh that opportunity from the AHL I mean from to kind of and I know this wasn't the question but to just kind of the one that I always, that I wonder as far as uh, when you talk about top six and just because it seems like such a Jim Nil acquisition, I do wonder if uh, if Gustav Nyquist ends up in a Stars jersey before the trade deadline. I don't know exactly what the deal would look like or how it would work, but it just seems like when you talk about top six guy from a team that's going to be selling and moving pieces, like it just feels like Nyquist just feels like a Jim Nil type acquisition to me. And so that's kind of the name that I kind of, wonder could we see him in dallas uh by before the end of february west tarkington at racer west asks how much credit would you give to johnston and delandria for jamie ben's incredible resurgence this year oh and all the hockey pundits were totally wrong about the stars prior to game one <laughs> well i think most hockey pundits um weren't 100 percent correct as the seattle kraken are kicking some serious uh, buttocks uh, so far the year the New Jersey Devils are a beast in the NHL I mean it's just Wes it's a, it's just a year man and it's so much fun so I think we got to let the year play out um, I'm one of those guys that had them you know fighting for a wild card spot and maybe getting in the top three so that that was my prediction yeah. at the beginning of the year I hope I'm wrong um and but and they're playing great hockey right now but that's what i had at the beginning of the uh, of the year but i definitely want to i want to reverse his uh you know as far as johnston and delandria for jamie ben i kind of think what has jamie ben done for johnston and delandria um Mm -hmm. I, i know that his jamie's point production is up but um I love the fact that Jamie is creating space for these two players. I love that Jamie can play his game. Um, he looks comfortable on that third line. I think Delandria provides a lot of uh, that energy and uh, more of an agitator that maybe uh, Ben hasn't had on a line with him. Uh, you know, Rad's kind of had that at times. So, um, I'm excited for what the captain has done with these uh, with these youngsters. And I think that when you have a Jamie Ben on the ice, um, you're going to kind of stay away from the Johnstons and Delandrias. So, um, you know, I think they've helped each other. What do you think, Sean? I, th- I think so. I think also, uh, and I've, I've talked to some people about this as well. I think there is a Jamie, Jamie has also uh kind of embraced he's always jamie's never not embraced the leadership role but i think jamie has embraced the concept of being the leader on a line in that way directly like he always led guys but i I think there's a bit of youthful uh what's the word 
vibe or whatever. Kids use the word vibe now, right? Youthful vibe that uh, Johnson and Delandria kind of bring over, and 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 Jamie's been picking up on, and kind of and kind of just finding some energy that way. And I and Jamie's always been, well, this line has to be the goal scoring line, or I've got we have to be the one everyone pays attention to. I think just kind of combination of role and personnel have put Jamie in just a good spot to really succeed. And also, don't take any credit away from number fourteen. He's he deserves obviously kind of credit for what he's done himself as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Sean, you are an absolute beast heading to Grand Rapids and then driving home to do this itty bitty podcast, the little engine that could. So uh, really appreciate uh, you joining us on a Friday. Thank you so much for the Texas stars update. That's a uh, great info to, uh, to share and we'll watch the wild over the weekend. And uh, hopefully uh, stars can catch her uh, two more points at home. And uh, we will uh, talk to you on Monday. Yeah, and hopefully I'll send a, and hopefully we'll get a, a finite answer on on the hats too. We'll do, uh, we'll just we'll send a couple messages or emails just to make sure we can give a, a proper answer of an update on Monday of of what happened to them. So we'll uh, we'll we'll do that for the people uh, as well. And I will do that as well. I'll, I'll send some messages out, and uh, hopefully our stories are the same. <laughs> yes, yes. Otherwise, we'll find out our sources aren't great. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Please like, please subscribe, spread the word. You have stars content for you three times a week right here on Spits and Suds. Thank you. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.